0: And just as Aaron and his sons were mediator between God and the people of Israel, Jesus now has become that one and only mediator between God and all humanity.
1: Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word.
0: And we're looking at the building of the tabernacle tonight, or at least the let go and let go. blueprints. That they haven't started constructing yet. But the blueprints of the tabernacle i titled this chapters 27 and 28 of exodus for glory and beauty and for exodus 27 i chose verse 20 where the lord told moses you shall command the children of israel that they bring you pure oil of pressed olives for the light, to cause the lamp to burn continually. And so it was hard to kind of glean through chapter 27 and find a key verse. And there were two possibilities that I looked at and kind of zeroed in on the importance of the oil of the lamp that the menorah would continue to burn in the house of the Lord. And so tonight we're going to look at God giving Moses instructions, Moses is still on the mountain. He's received the Ten Commandments from the Lord, but the Lord gave him numerous instructions about the building of the tabernacle, laying out all the, the courtyard of the tabernacle, the tent of the tabernacle, the items that would be in the tabernacle itself, the Holy of Holies and contained within the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat i don't think we've gotten to the altar of incense yet but we will look at the bronze altar and the tabernacle tonight and the altar of burnt offerings and the courts of the tabernacle and then the care for the lamp the menorah all kind of contained in here And we need to remember as we go through these descriptions they are a copy of the heavenlies that's why the Lord continued to say as we closed out in Exodus 25 40 see to it that you make them according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain and so they were required to follow the instructions the building, the blueprints, the specifications that God is giving Moses for the children of Israel. That they would construct a tabernacle that the Lord's presence would be among them. As we'll learn later, much later, a few chapters to go, but we'll learn that the tabernacle would be set up largely in the center of the camp that all the people when they would rise up in the morning and come out of their tent doors all facing no matter if they're from the east west north or south they all face toward the tabernacle in the presence of god and so we find these a wonderful study as we go through it helps us to understand the sacrifice of jesus christ why certain metals were used from gold to silver to bronze so we finished out looking at the priestly garments, verses 1 through 43. And I titled this chapter, chapter 28, Holiness to the Lord. And this is all about the making of the garment, and especially the garment of the high priests, and also the priestly garments of Aaron's sons initially that would serve with him. So the ephod... Verses 5 through 14, I'll just read the text. It's the fastest way through it is to read what the word says. And they shall take the gold and the blue and the purple and the scarlet thread and fine linen. Isn't that something they added now to the blue, purple, and scarlet thread, gold thread. And they shall make the ephod of gold and blue and purple and scarlet thread, a fine linen thread, artistically woven it shall have two shoulder straps joined at its two edges and so it shall be joined together and the very fancy woven band of the ephod, which is on it shall be of the same workmanship woven of gold blue purple scarlet thread of fine linen Then you shall take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the sons of Israel, six names on one stone, the remaining six names on the other stone, according to their birth. And the work of the engraver in the stone, like the engraver of a signet, you shall engrave the two stones and the names of the sons of Israel, you shall set them in settings of gold, you shall put them on the two stones on the shoulders of the ephod, so they would be actually like fastening the two sides together right on the shoulders with the stones. So Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord on his shoulders as a memorial. You shall also make the settings of gold. You shall make two chains of pure gold like braided cords, fastened the braided chains to their settings. The chains would have to do with the holding of the breastplate, but aaron's garment the ephod uh, made of the same materials here threads of gold blue purple and scarlet finely woven all these found in the tabernacle itself except this is the first time it mentions threads of gold the ephod was a very beautifully artistic designed joined at the shoulders by these straps that were clasped together by the onyx stones that carried the names of the tribes of Israel, that Aaron would always bear the names of Israel on his shoulders as he served before the Lord, as a memorial before the Lord. So Aaron, he served for the people. That was his job. So the breastplate that would be Um, attached to the front of this ephod, a separate piece, but attached. In verses 15 through 30, we read about the breastplate. You shall make a breastplate of judgment artistically woven according to the workmanship of the ephod. You shall make it of gold, of blue, of purple, of scarlet, of thread, and of fine linen thread. You shall make it and it shall be doubled into a square. A span shall be its length, and a span shall be its width. So let me see. I usually write these things down, but I'm thinking the span has to do with a man's hand, but that seems maybe kind of small. It's like six inches. Maybe they had bigger hands back then. Um, (laughs) I usually write that down in my notes, but I didn't have it here. It shall be double its length. So they um, they were making a pouch, and this pouch was the breastplate that would be, uh, that the high priest would wear. You shall put the settings of stones on it. Four rolls of stones. The first roll shall be the sardius, the topaz, emerald. This shall be the first roll. The second roll shall be the turquoise, sapphire, and diamond. And the third roll shall be. So amber, agate, and amethyst, the fourth row, beryl, onyx, and jasper. Lily knows that I don't know much about jewelry or stones. She does, though. They shall be set in gold settings. The stones shall have the names of the sons of Israel according to their names, like the engravings on the signet, each one with its own name. So 12 stones... Now the twelve stones, each one has the name of one of the tribes of Israel on it. You shall make chains for the breastplate at the end like the braided cords of pure gold. You shall make two rings of gold for the breastplate, two rings on the end of the breastplate. And then you shall put the two braided chains of gold and the two rings And the ends of the breastplate and the other two ends of the braided chains you shall fasten to the two settings and put them on the shoulder straps of the ephod in the front. And so they're connected to the ephod of the high priestly's garment. You shall make two rings of gold and put them on the breastplate to the end of the breastplate on the edge and the inner side of the ephod. And the other two rings of gold, you shall put them on the shoulder straps underneath the ephod toward the front and the right at the seam of the intricately woven band of the ephod and they shall bind the breastplate by the means of the rings to the rings of the ephod by using the blue cord and so it was tied on with these cords and chains above the intricately woven band of the ephod and the breastplate, and it does not come loose from the ephod. So Aaron shall bear the names of the sons of Israel on the breastplate of judgment over his heart. He shall go into the holy place as a memorial before the Lord continually, and you shall put in them the judgment of the Urim and the Thummim, and they shall be over Aaron's heart." So basically, he's describing a very intricately made pouch that had 12 stones on it, each stone bearing one of the names of Israel. Inside the pouch were what is believed these two stones that he would carry the names of the Lord before him over his heart as he served the Lord. And then the Urim and the Thummim were kept in the pouch and the words mean uh, lights and perfections, lights and perfections. And they were carried by the high priest that they could determine the will of God in some situations. And to this day, the Bible doesn't give enough information about how these stones worked. Some believe that the stones actually lit up. And others said it was more like a yes or no, a black and white we might have. You've been blackballed or you got white you're in, black you're out, something like that. Some way to identify a yes or no, true or false. But the Bible is, doesn't give a lot of information about it. But we know that when King Saul rebelled against the Lord at the end of his life, he sought after a, a medium to seek counsel. He did not seek the high priest, nor, the Bible would say, nor did he seek the Urim and the Thummim. And so these were given for, I think, kings and priests and judges to determine the will of God for the people of God. But we don't quite know how they worked. So blue ephod, a blue robe, verses 31 through 35, you shall make a robe of the ephod all blue, 31 through 35, you shall make the robe of the ephod of all blue, there shall be an opening for the head in the middle of it, and shall be woven, binding all around its opening, like the opening of a coat of mail, so it does not tear, and upon its hymn you shall make pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet yarn around the hymns bells of gold, between them all around the golden bells and the pomegranate and the golden bell and the pomegranate going back and forth, hymned around the robe, around the hem of the robe. And it shall be on Aaron as he ministers, and it shall sound will be heard as he goes into the holy place before the Lord, and when he comes out that he may not die. And so the ephod, the blue ephod, and so you have the priestly garment, this blue ephod would be underneath that of the original ephod that we learned about in verses 5 through 14, this would go underneath and it had bells on the hymns of it that Aaron's movements would be heard as he ministered before the Lord, that he said, as he comes and goes, that he might not die. It's not that he would surprise God. Oh no, Aaron, what's, what's that? Aaron's coming. No surprise for God, but this was the commandment of the Lord as he ministered before the Lord. So he gave him a turban to wear, verses 36 through 39. And you shall make a plate of pure gold, engrave on it the engraving of a signet, holiness to the Lord. And you shall put it on the blue cord, that it may be on the turban, and it shall be in the front of the turban. And so it shall be on Aaron's forehead, that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things, which the children of Israel hollow in their holy gifts. And it shall always be on his forehead, that they may be accepted before the Lord." Verse 39, you shall skillfully weave the tunic of fine linen thread. You shall make it a turban of fine linen. and You shall make a sash of woven work, the sash to go around his waist, of course. And then the tunic, he would bear that on his head. But with that metal plate that he always had the words, holiness to the Lord. It's referred to in Exodus 29, 6 as the holy crown. And as he served the Lord, he wore this holy crown that he might bear the iniquity of the holy things or the sacrifices of Israel, that they might be accepted before the Lord. And so thus Aaron became a mediator between our holy God and sinful man. And then the priestly tunics, verses 40 through 43, this is for Aaron and for his sons as well. For Aaron's sons, you shall make tunics, and you shall make sashes for them, and you shall make hats for them for glory and beauty. And you shall put them on Aaron and your brother, and on his sons with him. And you shall anoint them, and consecrate them, and sanctify them, that they may minister to me as priests. And you shall make for them linen trousers to cover their nakedness that reaches from their waist to their thighs. And they shall be on Aaron and his sons when they come into the tabernacle of meeting, or they come near the altar to minister in the holy things, that they do not incur iniquity and die. And it shall be a statue forever for him to his descendants after him. And so these holy garments... They were to make for Aaron and his sons. They were to anoint, to consecrate them, to sanctify them that they might serve as priests before the Lord. And they were to even have holy undergarments that would cover their nakedness before the Lord. Remember there in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve took of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and they realized that they were naked and they tried to make a covering for themselves? to hide because of their nakedness. And so that is nakedness. Uh, When in innocence, it's no big deal. In the garden, when in the time of innocence, it was no big deal. But once they ate of that fruit, they realized their eyes were open. It became a big deal. Another perhaps reason of this covering of their nakedness from their waist to their thighs was They were to be unlike the priests of the pagan gods in the land of which they would occupy. They were always to approach the Lord with dignity and care for glory and for beauty, that they would not defame the tabernacle or the office of the priesthood. That could mean certain death and would mean certain death to two of Aaron's sons. So the high priest became that ultimate mediator between God and the nation of Israel. The high priest needed to be a direct descendant of Aaron, Moses' brother, and the current high priest would always anoint one of his sons to succeed him as high priest. And the duties of the high priest was to offer sacrifices on the Day of Atonement, to offer prayers of intercession before the mercy seat, of the Ark of the Covenant on the Day of Atonement and to manage and supervise uh, the other priests and the operation of the temple or tabernacle. And just as Aaron and his sons were mediator between God and the people of Israel, Jesus now has become that one and only mediator between God and all humanity. 1 Timothy 2.5 tells us, "...for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all." Only through Jesus can we now come boldly to the throne of grace. As Hebrews 4 verses 15 and 16 reminds us, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but wasn't always tempted as we are yet without sin let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in the time of need and it is my prayer that you have obtained god's mercy his grace in your time of need And you have realized that there is only one mediator between God and all humanity, the man, Jesus Christ. Let's go ahead and stand together. Here on Wednesday evenings, and for those who are listening on the radio tonight and those maybe watching or listening at a later time, we've had a habit for the last year plus of going through the ABCs of salvation. And partly I do this To kind of train us up, maybe one day we'll be in a situation where we want to share the Word of God with someone, and uh, we'll be thinking, what's A stand for? Well, A stands for admit. Admit to God that you are a sinner and ask for his forgiveness. The Bible tells us in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But in 1 John 1, 9, it tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The A, admit to God that you are a sinner. The B is believe. Believe in the work that Jesus did upon the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, and receive that gift of salvation. The Bible tells us in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We need to believe in the work of Jesus, and that which he did upon the cross. And the C is for confess. Confess your faith in Jesus Christ. Share that faith with others. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart one believes unto righteousness with the mouth confession is made unto salvation romans ten thirteen. whoever calls upon the name of the lord shall be saved those who might need prayer have questions if you're here you can talk to me if you're listening Please email us at cclv at comcast.net. We'd love to correspond with you. cclv at comcast.net. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for this night, for learning about the tabernacle. These things, Lord, are, are very foreign to us. Um, we can see pictures, and I today I was looking at a book of pictures about the temple and the tabernacle and the priestly garments, trying to get a better understanding of these things. We can go to Israel and see the Temple Institute and see some of these things that have already been reconstructed and are prepared for the third temple to be used in the third temple. But sometimes, Lord, it's hard for us to get a clear picture. But we see a significance In the tabernacle, the three different metals used, gold inside the tabernacle, silver and bronze outside. In the courtyard, the bronze specifically dealing with sacrificial offerings and judgment. And we see a connection of all these things to our Savior Jesus, who became the ultimate sacrifice for our sins upon the cross who is the true high priest that serves and mediates in our behalf at the throne of God today in the true tabernacle of God, which is in heaven. So, Lord, as we go through the construction of these things, help us to gain a better understanding of the work and ministry of Christ, that we might know you better that we might draw closer to you in all things. Bless us, Lord, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray that God would bless you and keep you, that his face would always shine upon you and give you peace.
1: Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into his image by the power of his Holy Spirit.